Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Blog Talk Radio. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, you already know what time it is. It's that official time when we take this worldwide. Let's go. So now it's time to turn it up Surf the radio waves as we begin to burn it up We all up in your area like landscape Definitely bringing you the power slamming pancakes It's the mandate that you tune in It's time to move out so we can move in And recognize that this is no illusion I'm here to clear the air so that there is no confusion It all started off in the book of Genesis When Jacob was wrestling with who he thought was his nemesis And when the man saw he couldn't overpower him He touched his hip but he really couldn't have devoured him and from that point, then we hear a name change, rearrange the game, so now we gotta change brains. Uh, so I'm here to let you know it's time to listen to the Pancake and Power Slam show. Let's go! Turn it up, turn it up, it's the Pancake and Power Slam. Turn it up, turn it up, it's the Pancake and Power Slam. Turn it up, turn it up, it's the Pancake and Power Slam show. Uh. You are now listening to the Pancakes and Power Slam show by Crave Wrestling on Blog Talk Radio. Be sure to follow Crave Wrestling on Twitter at Crave Wrestling and join the Facebook fan page Crave Wrestling.
All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's jump right into it. <clears throat> Without further ado, <laughs> looks like a blog talk radio is giving me a hard time again. But this is episode 364, ladies and gentlemen, two weeks away from the seven-year anniversary show. Can you believe it? Can you believe it? Can you believe it? Seven years, ladies and gentlemen. This is uh, uh, what a wonderful ride and what a uh, what an awesome, awesome time for continuing to uh, enjoy my Tuesday nights with you all and have so much fun. Um, seven years. I'm so grateful for you all and your um, um, amazing support each and every week, ladies and gentlemen. So without further ado, let's get right into it. Uh, let's uh, talk to this person here, uh, a good buddy of mine. And he's been on the show before as a co-host. Uh, now this time, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk to him. I'm gonna go and chat for a little bit. Um, uh, the first to, to start off the show. Um, this guy has just been. He he is an, an avid wrestling fan. He's a uh, wrestling promoter in Wisconsin. Friend to many. Uh, a lot of people that you see on television in WWE and Impact Wrestling. Uh, he has close relationships with and has worked with before. Uh, and just just a really nice guy. I mean, I've known him for a few years now. And uh, he's, he's here to talk uh, about uh, a recent death of a good friend of mine and also a fun and exciting show, a fun and exciting event that he has every single year for a number of years now. He'll tell you exactly how many years he's had it right now. He's, he's had it. But uh, just a really, really fun and exciting uh, event that you get to see a bunch of wrestlers and, and just have a lot of fun doing WrestleMania weekends. Without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, my good buddy, Favorite hero. How are you tonight, sir? Hey, I'm good, bud. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic, man. Great to have you on the show again. Oh, it's fantastic to be back. It's been a little while, so I'm glad I can. It has. It, it has, actually, man. As a matter of fact, I'm going I'm to see uh, how long it's been uh, exactly. I don't know. It's been, it's been too long. Whatever, However long it's been, it's been too long. Last time you were on the exactly. show, um, I'll find it out. Um, looks like maybe 2016. Maybe. I was gonna say uh, that it, it, it might be the uh, San Francisco WrestleMania. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's too long. <laughs> let's uh, let's close that gap for the next time. <laughs> yeah, well, let's make up for it tonight. How does that sound? You know, uh, that sounds that sounds like a plan. That sounds like a great plan, man. So, um, let's uh, let's sandwich uh, a more somber conversation with uh, two more positive things. We'll start off in the beginning and the end, talking about uh, your wonderful events uh, that you and uh, others throw together uh, every year during WrestleMania weekend. One of the hottest events of the weekend. It's called Shenanigans. Let the listeners know about Shenanigans. Yeah, well, Shenanigans, it's the Shenanigans Party, which is hosted by um, our good friend, the WWE Hall of Famer, Big Sexy Kevin Nash. And this year it's going to be at McHale's Irish Pub on Saturday night after the Hall of Fame. It starts at 10 p.m., goes to about 3 a.m. And Nash will be there. Uh, SoCal Val is going to be the host. Al Snow, Katie Forbes, 
are going to be on hand. I believe Rikishi is going to be there with his brother, uh, the legendary Tonga kid, uh, Val Venus. It, it, it's, we never know who's going to show up. It's just, and that's why we call it shenanigans. I mean, in the past we've had, put this way, it's the only place WrestleMania weekend where you can have the ability to see stars from NXT, Lucha Underground, Ring of Honor, New Japan, TNA, NXT, and the Raw and SmackDown brands, and everybody else in between. I mean, there are times we're at the party, and I'll talk to Damian the next day. I'm like, hey, did you see so-and-so was here, you know, there last night? And, of course, he didn't because, you know, there's always so much going on. But the party has evolved, and it has grown over the years to almost unmanageable attendances. Like, last year, um, it got so big, we wound up having to be in two two venues on Bourbon Street, New Orleans. This year, we're going to scale it back a little bit. I believe we only have maybe, I want to say, 75 to 80 tickets left for this year's shenanigans party. And, uh, you know, it, it's awesome. It, it, it's a great event. You get to chill, relax, drink with, you know, some of your favorite wrestling superstars. And, again, we never know who's going to show up. It's usually we'll get the text message or the DM saying, hey, we want to come to shenanigans. And, of course, they show up. I mean, Rob Van Dam has been there, X-Pac, Matt and Jeff Hardy, uh, Hurricane Helms, you know, and, and everyone, you know, we, we have no clue who's always going to show up because it is just that much fun. It's it's, it's that party, and it, it does live up to the uh, term shenanigans. And um, sometimes we get a little bit of trouble from our good friends at WrestleCon because a lot of the talent shows up hungover or they show up late. Not our fault. We're dealing with adults, but, you know, when there's all-you-can-drink alcohol involved at these parties, that's usually how it ends up. So. Yeah, it's all about responsibility, so do not blame Sinead yes. for that. So, yeah, well, it's so not my fault, places, you know? Sure. Yes. Yeah, and if you want more information and in, in, in how to get tickets for shenanigans, um, it's on my Twitter account, at David Hero with H-E-R-R-O. It's the, uh, it's the top Twitter. Pinned tweet, I think, is what they say it is right now. So it's the, the first tweet you're going to see with all the information. And of course, uh, if you follow Kevin Nash on Twitter at Real Kevin Nash, uh, he's been tweeting about it as well. So all the information is right there nice. on the Eventbrite site. Once again, we're here live with David Hero of uh, Great Lakes Championship Wrestling and Shenanigans Party, WrestleMania weekend. Uh, go and support. I, I've been there. I've been to two of them. I went to the one in Orlando and uh, got to chat with uh, James Storm, ODB, um, Chavo. Um, there was a lot of people <laughs> that I got to chat with. Yeah, Jeff Jarrett uh, was and, there. Um, Eric Bischoff yeah. was there. Blue Meany was there. Yeah. I yeah. mean, yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. you, you turn around and uh, even uh, Gabriel Iglesias, even Fluffy was, you know. He shows up. So you never know who's going to make it. <laughs> That's right. Last year I was there in New Orleans and got to chat with uh, one of the boys, uh, Kenny King, MVP, um, Caprice Coleman. Uh, yeah, there was uh, there was a lot of people there that I got to chat to, get, got to chat with as well. So it was a pretty good show and um, definitely a journalist dream. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, on the other end, I couldn't really do uh, on-the-spot interviews with many people because uh, they took a little bit uh, 
too much, um, you know, uh, digestion of, of, of some type of fluid that uh, yeah. we just refer yeah, exactly. to. Yeah, so, exactly. You know, and the thing uh, is, is that <laughs> when, when they show up at shenanigans, they don't want to work. They've been working all weekend. They just want to chill out, have That's a good true. time, have fun with their pals, have a few drinks, maybe a few shots, maybe a few drinks and shots, or just, just shots. So, yeah. Yeah, it's that's really hard to tell to a journalist because it's like if I can get an interview at one p one at one o'clock in the morning, you know, for for a, a breaking news, I'm in, you know. So it's always of course yeah, as a journalist, mm-hmm. it's not really an off it's not really an off button. So when you when you go, so uh, but yeah, I, I did manage to, uh, to 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 tone it down tremendously. I when I was at both uh, both events both years and I wasn't uh, I didn't necessarily have my journalist hat on I, I did since but uh, not uh, not on ten like I, like I typically do when I when I try to find uh, uh, when I'm around you know wrestling talent or I speak with wrestling talent uh, so yeah it, go to shenanigans is fun uh, for all you journalists out there don't uh, don't prepare yourself to on this event. Uh, but you do, you know, get a chance to meet some some great stars, and I've been twice, and I plan on going this year too, and it's going to be a lot of fun. Hello. All right, back in full effect. Are you there, David? Yeah, I'm here. Okay. <laughs> I don't know exactly what's happening here, but all right. But uh, as Jim Ross would say, we're live, pal. All right. So, anyways, uh, the chat room is lit here. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, thing is uh, looking good. Yeah, the chat room is uh, absolutely lit. All right. So, uh, let's get back into. Um, so yeah, we were talking about shenanigans. It's going to be a fun, uh, fun time. We're going to talk a little bit more about it uh, here at the end. Uh, unfortunately, um, I'm going to somber it down just a little bit. Unfortunately, um, a couple of weeks ago, uh, you know, WWE made the announcement uh, on their on their site, but of course, uh, you broke the announcement that uh, I, a legend in the business. Um, King Kong Bundy uh, unfortunately passed away, and um, you know I'm sure it was uh, quite hard for you as you made it public, you expressed that publicly, and of course his family and, and, and other friends, and just a real, real tough spot. Um, and Bundy was such a. I grew up watching wrestling in the '80s, and. When you thought about heel, you thought about King Kong Bundy. He was he, he was one of him and Andre were I think I think him Andre and Stud to me were like the three big men of the eighties. You know, and it's like um, just just the WrestleMania two, the, the the cage match in Los Angeles against Hogan uh, for the for the WWE Championship. Just if I'm not mistaken, just a year after he debuted. That's how much. The WWE saw him as such a, a big player, you know, debut a year after his WWE debut, he gets a, a big uh, spot. I think it was uh, like almost a year to the day. If I'm not mistaken, his 
debut was in March of 84 and uh you know, in March of 85 and and, and then 86 was uh was WrestleMania 2 in in, in um I believe March of 86. Let's not forget, Bundy was in his mid-20s at that time also. He was still very young. Yeah, yeah, he was. And and obviously, Vince McMahon saw so much in him as a player. And and, and let's not forget, before Bundy went to the WWE, he was the man in world class, you know, Mid-South, George Championship Wrestling. And so, you know, for two or three years, he really cemented himself as heels uh, in all of professional wrestling, and and just in in you know three 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 four short years of even starting professional wrestling, he became one of the biggest heels in WWE. That is huge. That's that's a huge achievement, uh, especially in a day and age where um, you know Hogan was such a, a big name, and if if someone was going to kind of be uh, a big player versus Hogan, you had to be someone who was such an amazing heel to make Hogan look like a star, because that was that was kind of like the the, the 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 focus, you know, to make Hogan look like a star. Right. And he had to go against the heelest of heels, and he was such a legend in the business. And just uh, you know, let the live crowd and those who are listening via audio just. Your relationship personally with 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 Bundy, I know that you've known him for a couple of decades, over a couple of decades, and uh, uh, became one you know very close friend with him. Just share your thoughts on just uh, your personal relationship with Bundy. Yeah, he he was he was a man's man. I mean, you always knew where you stood with Bundy. I mean, uh, he was honest. He didn't pull any punches. If he liked you, he liked you. If he didn't like you, he would tell you that he didn't like you. Um, he was just a he was just a funny guy. I mean, he had a very dry sense of humor. Uh, he was charming, you know, which is hard to believe because he was such a dastardly villain. I mean, for me, I love my, my favorite tag team was Bundy and Stud, and I'll never forget when I got to watch Bundy and Stud against the British Bulldogs one time. It was fantastic. But you know, he's just a good person, and and um, I've known him for I want to say twenty two years. Uh, he did appearances for me. He's wrestled on shows for me. Um, you know, at one time he was uh, the GLCW heavyweight champion. And, uh, you know, you, you always knew where you stood with him. And his, and his word was his bond. And uh, he, he's just a great guy. And, and, and when it was crazy because I, I was sitting at home. It was during Monday Night Raw. And I got a phone call from somebody at WWE. And they said, hey, um, do you have... King Kong Bundy's phone number. I'm like, well, of course, because Bundy and I were supposed to be doing WrestleCon together. And I go, what's going on? Mm-hmm. And they go, well, uh, we got some news. So I'm thinking, oh, well, maybe they're going to put him in the Hall of Fame, even though I knew he wasn't on the list. But I'm like, oh, okay, well, what's going on? And they're like, well, we heard he wasn't well. And I'm like, oh, I go, you know, you guys heard he died. So now, of course, I'm like, well, what the heck? Because I, you know, I, I was trying to get a hold of him for the last few days, and you know, I, I didn't. So I, I reached out to um, one of his family members, um, and I said, "Hey, I go, I'm hearing rumblings that Chris isn't doing well. That he, you know, he might even die." And I'm like, "Yeah, you know, um, he had passed." So we were talking. I said, "Well, hey, I go, WWE wants to make a statement, and." Um, 
will you give them permission? And she's like, well, I'd rather wait till tomorrow so we know what's going on. I'm like, well, that's fine. I go, we can do that. I go, I just did a search on Twitter, and some people locally that live in South Jersey are talking about how we already died. And uh, they said, well, hey, um, then please put out a statement for us because, you know, he loved you and you guys were friends. He would much rather have you break it than someone that he didn't know. So for me, it's like, you know, and keep in mind, you know, a month and a half earlier, you know, we buried another one of my good friends in Gene Okerlund, you know, and I'm like, this is crazy. So I'm sitting there, I'm like, what do I say about Bundy? You know I mean? And, and I didn't know because, like, I'm the first person that's going to announce this. And, you know, it's the truth. We we lost a legend, you know, and a great man. And, uh, wow, I mean, that just, you know, went out like wildfire. It was everywhere. You know, the AP picked it up, CNN. I mean, he got so much love from pop culture media, you know, and, uh, it was great, as weird as that sounds, to see how much people remembered and loved him from just being that villain at WrestleMania uh, to his movie Moving with Richard Pryor to Married with Children. And, uh, you know, it, 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 it was good that my friend, Chris Pallies, wasn't forgotten. It's unfortunate that he wasn't put in the Hall of Fame before all this. But, uh, you know, it's, it's just he would have been impressed with how much love he, he had gotten from so many people in the business and out of the business. But uh, just a great human being, uh, one of my dearest friends. He was fantastic with my son. He busts my chops all the time. And uh, he, he, was just, he was just fun. He was just a, a great guy. You wouldn't believe he was that villain that put Hulk Hogan in the hospital in Phoenix on Saturday night's main event. Yeah. 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 And, and, and here's a, and, and <laughs> that's, that's a good point. Uh, and I think that with, with, with Bundy's this advent into uh, WWE in, in, in the mid mid eighties, I think, and, and I and I talked about this on my personal Twitter, and I think and, and you definitely talked about it too. I actually wrote an article about it. Um, why is Why is Bundy not in the Hall of Fame? I, I mean, of course, we don't know, but except for you know WWE, but I mean, just the, the legacy that he drew, the legacy that he brought, just within the '80s, being one of the biggest '80s wrestlers, and no, of course, not a knock on anybody else necessarily. Not a knock on anybody else in Hall of Fame, uh, but I would mm-hmm. say, you know, that uh, that there are others who didn't reach the main event status as Bundy did, still, you know, are in the Hall of Fame. You know, what I mean, and, and just just from a comparison standpoint, Hall of, you know, King Kong Bundy was a WWE main eventer. And then came back and he headlined he headlined no. WrestleMania too. You know what I mean? He headlined yeah. WrestleMania too. <laughs> yeah. WrestleMania. Exactly. Yeah. And it's mm-hmm. like, you know, the, the the very fact that you use the first WrestleMania, you know, and people said this a lot, it's been reported throughout the years, 
you know, it was it was a gamble for McMahon. It was one of the biggest, you know, the biggest gamble that McMahon ever had. Basically, his his company, you know, it's been reported for years. His company really hinged on WrestleMania. One, it became a success, and the very next year, you know, still the infancy of WrestleMania, the second ever WrestleMania, he had enough faith in the personality and in, in the in the uh, the the heel character of King Kong Bundy to headline his second ever WrestleMania show against Hulk Hogan. I mean, that alone to me, that is that <laughs> earns a lot of credentials to me. Well, and here's what Bundy had going for him. Cosmetically, he was the perfect heel for Hulk Hogan. I mean, keep in mind, Hulk Hogan was a beast. 6'4", 6'5", 320, jack. So you needed a heel that was physically bigger. And the beauty about Bundy is, yeah, he worked stiff in the ring, but everyone knew that they'd be safe with him because he never hurt anybody. Mm So, you know, so you have this big menacing man in King Kong Bundy. You know, he wasn't jacked. He wasn't suntan. He was bald. He was kind of like the Lex Luthor to Hulk Hogan Superman. He had Bobby yeah. Heenan. He had John Studd. And he was so massive. You weren't used to seeing guys that massive. And for him, you know, mm-hmm. oh, my God, he put Hulk Hogan in the hospital, crushed his ribs and everything else. You know, before that, you know, he they broke under the giant sternum. It's just he was a great villain, and Hulk Hogan knew yep. he could draw money with King Kong Bundy, and that's what they did. Yep. Yep. I agree. I agree 100%. And then he came back <laughs> and had a marquee WrestleMania match against The Undertaker. So so it's like right. – so, so Which he hated. He hated the match because – he hated the match because they couldn't do much. You know, Bundy right. wasn't going to take, you know, a tombstone. Right. You know, right. and was a choke slam really believable, you know, with, with a guy that's almost 500 pounds back then? So when Bundy now, left, he did that whole, he did the whole uh, computer thing. And, I, and, and he told me that Vincent Company were, were hot about that because they didn't get a cut of it. So then when he mm-hmm. came back in the mid-90s, you know, he just said, hey, you know, I, I'm doing jobs to Sean, you know, the Shawn Michaels and all these smaller guys. And, you know, he just said that, yeah, the money was okay. It wasn't what he, what, what he thought it was going to be. And it, as soon mm-hmm. as he could get out of there, he did. And, 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 you know, King Kong Bundy, I mean, he he wasn't the kind of guy that'd be like, okay, I'm going to go back for a payday. If he wasn't happy, he was going to leave. And that's exactly what he did. Mm-hmm. Now, what was the... Now the reason is that the so the reason why he went against Taker is because he was the squeaky will, so to speak, when he was like what was the purpose of him coming back? Did they have something from what you know, did they have something prepared for him? Or did he just come did, did Vince just bring him back because of his name? He's a great villain. You know, ten years prior. Yeah, yeah, because he was he was an he was an established name and a great villain. And if you want to get mm-hmm. some good-looking young baby faces over, have them work the big, yeah. bad heel. And that's what he did. Yeah, yeah. Similar to what they did with Vader. I mean, they just crushed his character while he was there. Um, right. You know, he yeah. was, WCW was the man, but, you know, they crushed his character while he was in WWE. Just kind of big man fodder to, you know, Shawn Michaels and, and Bret Hart, and, you know. So, yeah, yeah that's a, that's unfortunate. Yeah. And, um 
you know, and, like, and Buddy and I would talk about the Hall of Fame quite a bit, and I know there was a when they did the Raw Old School in Buffalo. I remember Howard mm-hmm. Finkel calling me and asking me for Bundy's phone number, and Bundy's like, "Nah, they're not going to pay me enough. I don't want to go." I'm like, "Chris, I go, you know, this is good. Building, you know, mending fences, the Hall of Fame." And he goes, "Dave, I'm not going to the Hall of Fame." He goes, "If they ask me, I'm not going to do it." And I'm like, well, why not? I go, it's a hell of a payday. You go, it'll increase your bookings. And he goes, Dave, Coco Beware went in the Hall of Fame before me. Yeah. And, you know, and you know, no knock on Coco Beware, great career. I mean, what he did in Memphis and everything else, and as far as being mm-hmm. one of the first high flyers, awesome. But, I mean, King Kong Bundy felt slighted. He was he says, if Coco Beware is going in before I am, I'm not going to go in. And he told me every year, yeah. I'd be like, hey, you get the call. He's like, Dave, I'm not going to go. So, mm. yeah, it's a shame. Interestingly I mean, enough, I saw, you know, I'm sorry? I was, I was going to say, I saw a retweet that he did on Twitter recently, you know, a little bit before his passing of someone, of tw- retweeting someone um, who who did say something about wanting him to be in the Hall of Fame. He, he did he did retweet that. So it seemed like he might have had a change of heart uh, as of recent. Well, no, I mean, listen, he was smart. He knew it would create buzz and get people talking. Mm-hmm. And let's, let's face it, him and I were doing WrestleCon together. And, he, you know, he mm-hmm. was like, hey, you know, if we can get buzz about it, why not? He's a businessman. Yeah. You know, he, he's very smart. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good point about that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, so, I mean, if, so what do you think about, so, so based on his family, do you think that his family would accept the posthumous induction? Because I think, you know, Bundy, the Bundy should be in the Hall of Fame. I mean, that's just, I can understand mm-hmm. the slight totally. I can understand that. And, and again, no knock to Coco. I was a big Coco Beware fan as a kid, 100%. You know, I still am. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, you know, Kofi was a mid-card at best in the WWE. His, his win-loss record was not impressive, and they put right. him in the Hall of Fame. Now, I don't know if it was a diversity call. I don't know exactly. I'm not backstage to know exactly what the mental – I mean, what, what, what the, the, the foundational decision-making was toward putting Co- uh, mm-hmm. Coco in there. But at the same time, it's like, you know, there's people like Bundy, you know, because you can't say, okay, well, Bundy never became champion in WWE. You can say the same thing about Coco, you know, because he, he was never. You he can never say won the same thing belt. about Roddy Piper. What about Roddy Piper? Sure he held one title, yeah. the IC title, for what, two weeks? Yep. Three weeks? A month, yeah. maybe? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. DiBiase was tag champ and million dollar champ, and he's one of the best heels of all time, you know? So I'm a big fan of titles, putting titles on people. But at the same time, look, I mean, look at Jake Roberts. Jake Roberts never had a single championship in the WWE. His entire run in the WWE never, never had needed a single it. belt. Never needed it because his character was so amazing. And I think I, and, I personally well, here's the thing. For, same for, Button. for some guys, the money is always in the chase. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? True. Let them chase the title because when they get it, now the chase is over. Well, okay, now we lost interest. Now why why do you want to cheer for you? 
But with Jake, mm-hmm. he was such a great heel, and he was even an, an amazing babyface. And him chasing Honky Tonk Man, and him chasing, you know, Ricky Steamboat, and him chasing uh, Macho Man, it was great. Mm-hmm. It, 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 it was great yeah. TV, and they did great live events. Yeah. So when Bundy's uh, relationship ended with, with Vince uh, in WWE in the mid-'90s, were there any other talks of bringing him back, or was it just one of those, he's he's not happy with the direction, he came in as, you know, fodder for, you know, the younger guys just because he's a big name? I, was there any well, talks it, of him coming back? No. I mean, they wanted to bring him back for some one-offs, like for, you know, some of the old school stuff. Um, I recently saw an interview with Tommy Dreamer where they wa- where they wanted to bring him back to work with Randy Orton when Randy was doing the whole Legend Killer gimmick, and, and, and Bundy oh, turned okay. it down because you know the money wasn't anywhere near where he wanted it to be. You know, and, that, and that's the thing you know with, with Bundy. I mean, he didn't want to have to leave his house. I mean, I would get him bookings, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes double or even triple what he'd want, but he just didn't want to leave. Mm-hmm. He's like, you know, Dave, I, you know. I, I've traveled enough. I just want to stay home. I mean, he loved being at home. He was a day trader. He owned some residential properties that he would rent out, and you know, and he just mm-hmm. wanted to be home and you know, hang out with his cats. You know, and, and and that's just and that's who he was. I mean, there were many a times we'd be on the phone talking, we'd be having a serious conversation about something, and all of a sudden, like Dave, I gotta go feed my cats, and click, he'd hang up. You know, I just laugh. It's like oh. I can't believe that this monster. <laughs> Is concerned about cats. It's like you've got to be kidding, me, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's uh, that's really interesting to, to hear it of such a soft heart for such a you know a big guy. So yeah, for sure. Well, uh, and just and just to clarify, he the spot with Taker was because he was unhappy with what he was booking. WWE kind of gave him that spot because of that. I'm not too sure if, you know, his spot with Taker was because he was unhappy. But if you think about it, Taker was working Giants back then. You know, I mean, he, he, he was like almost like Hogan where he would work guys that were physically larger than him because he was a, he was a monster baby face. Yeah. You know, yeah. so it was Here Bundy, before, it, you know, it, you know, it, it, it was uh, El Gigante, you know, just yeah, guys yeah. like that. Yeah, that's that's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, he was working the the bigger bigger names. Yeah, well, I mean, at least uh, you know, at least that's that's a part of his Hall of Fame resume for sure. I mean, to to be able to have that spot, you know, against the uh, against the Undertaker. But you know, uh, and I guess my last question is, do you think that his family would accept a posthumous induction to the Hall of Fame? You know what? I'm not sure. I mean, um, I know that they had a very private burial for him. Uh, you know, it was mm-hmm. just for the immediate family. You know, they didn't invite anybody. Um, I, I, I just think that they need time to heal, and they know how strongly against he was as far as going into the Hall of Fame because he didn't want mm-hmm. to. So, um, but, yeah, I mean, who, who knows? I mean, um, and if he does, it's not going to be for a few years. Because there's yeah. so many other people that they still have to get in, and there's nothing more insulting than putting somebody in a year after they die. 
Yeah. It's like, okay, I, yeah. you know, and, and not saying WWE would, would be doing this, but uh, why are you trying to make a buck off him now that he's dead? You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it's just let 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 time heal the wounds, let people go mm-hmm. back to their lives, and then let there be a legitimate wanting for it. Yeah, I agree with that. Yep, 100% agree with that. I, and I definitely agree with the insulting part about, you know, putting them in posthumously, you know, right after, you know, he died. I, I agree with that. So, and I stand, yeah, and I'm agree with you as far as just allowing him to organically come in, you know, go in. You know, I, I still, I've said this before, even before he passed, I think he should be a part of the Hall of Fame, and, and I'm sticking with it. And, um, you know, hopefully uh, the relationship with WWE just as a whole uh, uh, softens up for them to, for him to go in it posthumously, because I think that's a, that would be a fantastic bow to a, a great career that he had. Agree. Absolutely agree. Yeah. All right. Well, here's the thing. I want you to uh, promote Shenanigans uh, Party one more time. WrestleMania weekend. Where should the uh, uh, the attendees of the WrestleMania weekend in New York come to? What day? Uh, what's uh, where is it at and where's the website? Let the let them know about how amazing it's going to be. It's it's Saturday. It's Saturday, April sixth. It's at McHale's in Times Square. If you go to at PWR Show on Twitter or at David Hero with two R's or at Real Kevin Nash, uh, you will see that we have it pinned to the top of our timelines, and it has all the information. Uh, regarding shenanigans, um, you know, the, if you get the VIP ticket, it's all you can drink. You pay one price to get in. You get to mingle. You get to meet Kevin Nash. You get autographs and photo ops. Uh, Katie Forbes will be there. Al Snow will be there. Rikishi's going to be there. I believe Val Venus. There's a whole bunch of other names that I can't mention because they are under contract with WWE and we cannot advertise them. But there will be a lot of of uh, the super friends, as I like to say, will definitely be in attendance. So it's going to be a lot of fun. It's uh, my favorite night of the year because you never know what's going to happen. You never know who's going to show up. And uh, it's, it's just it's just a great place to hang out and enjoy. And, you know, when you're in New York or when you're at WrestleMania, there's a lot of stuff going on. But at the end of the day, it's a big family reunion for a lot of wrestling fans that get together once a year and come to shenanigans and just party up with us at McHale's on uh, Saturday night, um, 10 p.m. until 3 a.m. in Times Square. Saturday night. Dave, it's been a pleasure, man. I appreciate you coming back on the show again, and, and thanks uh, you for the conversation. It's been, great. it's been great, man. Have a good night. All right, my friend. You take care. We'll see you soon. All right, bye-bye. bye-bye. David Hero, thanks for coming on the show tonight, man. Awesome, awesome conversation with you, and uh, I really enjoyed it. Absolutely. All right. Um, Yeah, yeah. Uh, Wide Awake. Uh, Al Snow does own uh, OVW now. Yep. You're a weekly watcher. That's pretty awesome. All right. So uh, let's jump right into the media call with Jay Lethal. Uh, It's about a half hour, so... um, We will go into that, and after that, we will be right back. The franchise, Jay Lethal. Good afternoon, champ. What's up, guys? 
All right. Uh, let's Hello? get with the yes, first. Can... Yes. Okay. Hey. It's just a little okay. delay. That's all. Okay. How's it going? All right. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. Uh, let's get right to the question. Uh, first one from Alex Jimenez from SolarWrestling.com in Barcelona. Go ahead, Alex. Hey, Lisa. How are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? Fine, man. Uh, going into Madison Square Garden, uh, New Japan is announcing that the, the IWGP Heavyweight title match will be the main event. How do you feel being right now the Ring of Honor World Champion, being the franchise, knowing that in Ring of Honor's biggest event, the main event is going to be a New Japan match? Oh, well, I, I don't think it's a Ring of Honor show. I think it's a joint venture. Uh, between New Japan and Ring of Honor. So the toss-up, probably the discussion was whose match is going to main event. Um, and I think that as the Ring of Honor world champion, as long as I'm on the show, then we're not doing a disservice to any of the fans. So, yeah, I mean, I would love to be the end-all, be-all last match that they see. But if that's not the way uh, that it's going, the chips are going to fall, because like I said, it's, it's more than just a Ring of Honor show. This is a joint venture. This is the New Japan slash Ring of Honor show. So if they got the lucky straw and their match is at the end of the day, then I'm excited for them um, because I think that's a really cool thing to be able to say. Um, but then again, I'm also excited for everybody on the show that day because we're making history. Never did anyone think that an event other than WWE would, uh, wrestling anyway, would be running in Madison Square Garden. So all the things that you thought were impossible, uh, thanks to wrestling's boom period, are now becoming possible. The walls that we thought were impenetrable are now coming down. So we're about to make history. So it doesn't matter if I'm match number one or match, or the main event. Uh, yeah, we're going to make history. The event is sold out and uh, should be one hell of a, of, a, of a wrestling show. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Alex. Next up is Alexandra from Slam Wrestling. Go ahead, Alexandra. Hi, Jay. Um, I was wondering, how did you feel about Matt Tavern unveiling his custom Ring of Honor world title, even though you were the actual title holder? Well, uh, I thought it was very disrespectful of Matt Tavern to do such a, a thing. Although um, it was done many years ago by uh, uh, someone that I idolized, and Ric Flair. Ric Flair brought his own belt to the company that he went to. So, in in some way, I kind of see it as Matt Tavern uh, paying homage uh, to some of the great wrestlers in the past. Although. I mean, deep down inside, I wasn't a big fan of it because it is a spit in the face to everybody who's held the real Ring of Honor World Championship. Guys that I've gotten the pleasure of working with and looked up to, like Samoa Joe and CM Punk, guys like Brian Danielson, legends uh, in in the making for some of them anyway. Um, so to say that I don't want to put the hard work in to try and win the real belt, the real trophy... Uh, I'm going to make my own and claim that it's the number one thing. No matter where you are, if it's basketball, baseball, any sport that you would ever attempt that in, um, could be perceived as disrespectful. I just, I just wasn't a big fan of it. That's all. 
All right. Thanks, Jay. Thanks, Alexandra. Next is Anthony Studer from Smart to Death. Go ahead, Anthony. Hi, Jay. How are you today? I'm I'm doing good. Hey, I'm I'm, I'm well. Uh, assuming that you are uh, you're victorious on Friday, what are your plans, and how do you continue to carry the ROH brand through 2019? Since you've really become the face well, of this company. Well, I don't think I would change a thing. I think, uh, well, I like to think that I'm doing a pretty good job. You know, it's, I don't talk about it much, but it's the, the, it's so nerve wracking and stressful, um, to be the face and world champion of a company that has solidified itself on the wrestling map for being the company that produces some of the greatest matches in history. Um, it is a company that, you know, from top to bottom will deliver from every match, uh, whether it's the first or the last. And I am the world champion of that company. So all I can remember is watching before I became a wrestler and in the process of becoming a wrestler. And even once I became a wrestler, all I can remember in my head of Ring of Honor is guys like Samoa Joe with the company on his back. Uh, guys like AJ Styles and Brian Danielson and Nigel McGuinness. And then when I think about myself having to carry on the legacy and the, the work ethic that these men have, like I mentioned, they're legends. Um, it is a bit stressful, but I, I do, uh, I do think that I'm, I'm doing a pretty good job. And I do think the stress is actually something that's helping me. Every wrestler I think performs better. Uh, under under a stressful environment because that's when they really need to excel and that's when you really see what a wrestler has to offer. Um, and also with that said, all I can really see right now, I've got tunnel vision. Everybody on our roster is excited about going into Madison Square Garden, not taking away anything from these other events that we got going on. I mean, we're in a few days away from live on pay-per-view, Las Vegas, Nevada, me versus Matt Taven for the world championship. Uh, but right now, all anyone can see, um, like giddy little children, uh, is Madison Square Garden. And I hope um, that I get through Matt Taven. I'm sure it won't be easy if I do, but I hope I get through Taven and through all the other events that we have. And I am able to walk into Madison Square Garden as a world champion. To me, that's a bucket list thing you get to check off. Um, it, it's... Man, I just, I, I really hope that I make it to the Garden as the Ring of Honor World Champion. That's my ultimate goal. Thank you. Good luck, Friday. Thank you very much. Hopefully you're watching. All right. Thanks, Anthony. Next up is Anton Jackson from Bolster Home. Go ahead, Anton. Good afternoon, Jay. How's it going? Going all right. Um, you've pretty much been an R.O. ROH guy for uh, most of your career. So uh, you've seen a lot of change within promotion. Uh, what's your perception of ROH now in 2019 compared to, say, oh, 2004, 2005, especially, you know, on the eve of uh, Madison Square Garden pay-per-view and a landmark show like 17th anniversary? Uh, and literally the only difference, the only difference I see are the names, the names on the roster. Uh, that's the biggest difference, uh, the, the most notable one anyway. I mean, we had guys like Samoa Joe, 
uh, and I hate to keep bringing them up, but you got to when you talk about Ring of Honor. We've got we had guys like Nigel, and just think about all the guys we had um, and their work ethic uh, and what they all brought to the table. Um, fast forward now to the Ring of Honor of current day, same work ethic, uh, except some of them are bringing a lot more than than was offered before. Just their names are different, uh, and that that's the the biggest. The biggest change. Um, also, this goes without mentioning, uh, the Ring of Honor of old had a little trouble getting their product out to the masses. We really focused on DVD sales. Uh, that was our big, that was how we got our product out there. But now we're on television, backed uh, by Sinclair Broadcasting. So, I mean, yeah. So, the Sinclair Broadcasting thing, the fans don't really catch that. What they see instantly is just the new names, and that's that's probably the biggest takeaway. New names, but still same work ethic. Still, these matches are being put on like nobody's. I mean, we got a guy on the roster named Bandito Jr. He's only 23, um, and he can do things that most people only dream about doing in their sleep. And the crazy thing about that is, even when they're dreaming about doing it, they, they still can't perform it. Uh, but he can. It's 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 unreal the work ethic of some of these guys and what they can do. So the only the big difference I would say is the names on the roster, but the work ethic and, and the type of matches it's still all the same. All right, excellent. Thank you. Thanks, Jason. Thanks. 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 Thank you. Thanks. Uh, next is Chris from Pancakes and Power Slam. Go ahead, Chris. Jay Lisa, how would you uh, grade your day today? Uh, what kind of scale are you giving me here? What what uh, is it? Letters, numbers, letters, letters. It's I'm gonna give it an A, an A grade. Nice, nice. I, I live in Tampa, Florida, and the sun is always shining, so it's hard not to give my day an A. Yeah, I can't complain about that. Yeah. So you last last time um, I was on this conference call with you, I I actually gave you the countdown of how many days you needed to, uh, to become the longest reigning ROH champion. Uh, you, you thought that was a lot of pressure, but I knew you could do it. Uh, you did it. And uh, now, not only do you have the longest reigning, but you have the most title defenses. Uh, so I think it fits the moniker of uh, being the greatest first-generation wrestler, as you proclaim yourself. So let's get to uh, some other goals, since you've uh, since you've basically done it all in ROH, and we'll continue to do it and hold uh, hold it up uh, hold it up high. So my question to you is: So we've seen Ric Flair, we've seen. Macho Man, who you do very well, both of them. Seeing Sid, what are some impersonations that we can see from Jay Lethal that are uh, that are up your sleeve in the near future? Uh, the best impersonation I think I've got is the greatest world champion in the history of Ring of Honor, uh, which would be myself. I, I most of those characters you mentioned that I I, I did, those were still all at a time when I was still finding out and mastering uh, uh, myself. For me, it has always been easier to draw strength and and confidence uh, from being someone else. Um, 
until I learned how to be comfortable and confident about being myself. And then also there was a, a comedy factor and people love a good impression. They really do. Um, so that was another reason why I did some of those. I think uh, my imitation days are, are possibly behind me, although I don't mind pulling out once in a while uh, a, a character that I've already done like a machismo or Ric Flair, but uh to, to search for the next good imitation that I have, I, I think that that's over. I'm right now. I'm more about uh, uh, flying that banner flag and producing what Ring of Honor is used to producing, which is some of the greatest wrestling matches in the world. And although it'd be entertaining to do some uh, some comedy, maybe some a couple more impressions. I, I right now I've got to focus on uh, being a little more serious because you've got guys like Matt Taven vying for the Ring of Honor World Championship. And something about that, it goes beyond this, um, the realm and scope of uh, what professional wrestling really is. Matt Taven, although I don't get along with him that well, uh, he's got an amazing work ethic. And it's driven by the fact that he would love to be in the spot that I am, which is the world champion leading the company, putting the company uh, proverbially on your back. Uh, Matt Taven is out to show that when given the same opportunity, he could strive, and he definitely would. Um, and I'm out to make sure that I keep that spot for myself, not because I'm selfish, but because it's it's the dream spotlight for any uh, professional wrestler. And right now is not the time for me to find out what is the next impression that I could do. Um, right now I'm worried about remaining Ring of Honor World Champion so that we could go into Madison Square Garden as the world champion. Because like I mentioned before, that's definitely something that I'm going to be checking off of my bucket list. Uh, you mentioned, though, before setting these goals. Now, I had never set the goal that you had set upon me to become the longest reigning world champion or the most title defenses. I didn't set that goal you did because actually I'm afraid to set goals for myself because I've gotten to do everything that I've gotten to do in professional wrestling with ever, without ever having to set a goal. I, I have compared my wrestling career to winning the lottery. Um, I've been in the right place at the right time, and when presented with those opportunities, I have had the skills to back it up. Um, so I'm afraid that if I started setting goals for myself, they wouldn't come true. The only goal that I've ever set uh, in professional wrestling is to hold on to this Ring of Honor World Championship long enough to walk into Madison Square Garden with it. Um, and with Vegas a few days away, I hope that I have not jinxed myself. So. Well, Jay, I'll take credit for setting those goals for you. Thank you. And, uh, <laughs> and, I, and I, okay. Do me a favor. Set some set some more goals for me. As long as I don't do it, uh, then I can't jinx myself. Sounds Go good. Well, uh, walk, walking out of MSG is uh, walk, walking out of Vegas and MSG is world champ. And hopefully, we'll see. Hopefully, we'll see your previous theme song too, man. I missed that theme song. Do you really? I do. I do. I love, maybe, I'll, I'll, uh, maybe, I'll, maybe I'll go back to it. Sounds good. All right. Thanks, Chris. Next, uh, Evan from Under the Mat Radio. Go ahead, Evan. How are you doing today, Mr. Lethal? I'm doing good. How are you? 
doing well. I wanted to ask you, what's the name? You being the longest reign Ring of Honor heavyweight champion, most title defenses, being because of Ring of Honor, whatever happening to you in the future of Hall of Fame, of course, will be first ballot with your title defenses, which we had long tenure there. Your nickname, the franchise, uh, being called that. Of course, you know, the likes of uh, NBA Gracie Francis, Francisco Liriano, Sting, Shane Douglas. With your name being this franchise, your nickname, I should say, how do you feel about the nickname, and does that add any pressure for you being the franchise of all age when you think of Ring of Honor currently and even a few years before? The first man you think about being a world heavyweight champion is G. Lee. Talk about how you feel about the nickname and if you have any added pressure with performing and holding that ring of honor flag. Well, uh, I, there is pressure, but not from the nickname. Um, I think the nickname more so came from my body of work. And every time I go out there, it's clear that I'm working for one goal, and that is to strengthen this company. That is to make Ring of Honor bigger than it was yesterday. People took notice of that everywhere I go around the world. Um, and Ring of Honor allows some of their wrestlers to uh, do other wrestling shows around the world as well uh, because they realize that it, the, the more we spread the Ring of Honor name, the bigger the company will go. So even when I go overseas, a few shows overseas, I still have the Ring of Honor shirt back. I mean, I, I just tout the company's flag everywhere I go. Um, and I think that's what got me the nickname. I, I, so the added, the, the extra pressures of being the Ring of Honor World Champion uh, has nothing to do with the nickname. Although I do love uh, the nickname because I love Ring of Honor. Um, but it's on me, like I mentioned before, um, to help Ring of Honor stay along the same lines that it's been traveling on since the beginning uh, of its of its timeline, and that is putting on these fantastic matches that people want to look up and YouTube, and they're, they're this match of the year candidate. Um, Ring of Honor has always produced matches like that because um, it's always had one of the best rosters in the world. Um, no matter what era, time frame, you go back and look at Ring of Honor's roster, it always the best uh, wrestlers out there, and if you need proof of that, just look at everyone else's roster and see that everyone higher up on their cards came from Ring of Honor. Ring of Honor's constantly having their rosters plucked through to make other rosters better. Um, and it's something that's happened since the beginning of Ring of Honor's timeline up until now. And the Ring of Honor, the only reason they've been able to survive is because they don't hem and haul, and they don't try and find a replacement um, because some people are irreplaceable. You know, they just go out and look for other talent out there to, and say, come on, there's a couple spots available now, and you're not here to replace anyone. You're here to show the world what you can do. Um, and it's always done a great job of doing that, which is why uh, we're in the position we are right now. We're about to have a pay-per-view live pay-per-view um, in Las Vegas, and we've got a sold-out Madison Square Garden as we enter our joint show with New Japan. So. Uh, the company is great, but yeah, the added pressure is definitely there, but not from the nickname, although I do love the nickname. Franchise. Thank you, sir. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Evan. Thanks, Jay. Uh, next up is James Walsh from Wrestling Epicenter. Go ahead, James. 
James, go ahead. All right, no James. All right, Jason Frazier from ESPN Radio in St. Louis. Go ahead, Jason. Hey, Jay, how's it going? Jason, uh, like I mentioned, I'm in Florida, so it's going real good. Yeah, it's better than St. Louis. We're at 38 degrees here, so you're doing much better than me. Oh, man. It's going well. It's going well. I want to ask you a question because in regards to, you know, being a young African-American myself, growing up and seeing African-American superstars such as Booker T and uh, Mark Henry, even going back, I can remember all the junkyard dogs too as well. What does it mean for you to kind of be a role model for young African-American fans and also um, up-and-coming wrestlers also and coming up in the business, young African-American wrestlers too as well? It's amazing. It means oh, I, I can't be, I couldn't be prouder of myself um, and of all African Americans out there to say that, uh, you know, we were, and I hate to talk like this because I, when we make the conversation about a specific race or type of people, that kind of leaves other people out. Um, which is why I don't normally talk about it, but it's not that I'm naive or blind to it, but uh, African-Americans normally ha- have traditionally not been given the opportunities that, uh, let's say, I have to become the face of a company. Um, and I've got to say that I, it, it, it's, it means the world to me. Um, and I, I really like the fact that it also is showing that uh, times are changing. Not to say that the company that I work for has ever had any bias against any race, um, especially my company, the company that I work for, Ring of Honor, but it has happened in wrestling in general. Um, and luckily, I work for a company that uh, I've never had to put on some kind of facade or play into any stereotypical stereotypical role um, as an African-American. So I've got to say that I, I am extremely proud of of myself and um, everything that this company has allowed me to do. And, and if, 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 if anything that I've been allowed to do has helped or inspired anybody, no matter what race they are, uh, but specifically any African-American, then I am, I've got to say, I am, I'm extremely proud. Thank you, Jay, for those words. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Okay. Uh, Thanks, Jason. I think James Walsh is here. A box to check. No worries. No worries. All right. So I'm back in. Pleasure to talk to the franchise. Um, Mr. Leaf, it's a pleasure to talk to you. So my question for you. um, Watching Ring of Honor TV the other day, you guys created a moment when you destroyed the imposter Ring of Honor world champion that of Matt Taven. Uh, not Mr. Taven, but Taven's daughter. <laughs> um, <laughs> when you destroy that belt, it yeah. kind of brought everything back. Instead of everybody being giddy, and as you said, looking past possibly the 17th anniversary show to Madison Square, and reminded everybody that there is a major main event happening on pay-per-view on Friday night with yourself against Mr. Taven. I feel like some people might be sleeping on Mr. Taven. They might think that he's um, not going to be able to, to, to take the title from Taven. I I definitely think that a lot of people are sleeping on Matt Taven. I'm hurt, but I am slighted that uh, and I, Taven, anyone's question to him is what is it like to be stepping into the ring with Jay Matching into you? And no one has really asked me 
um, what is it like stepping into the ring with Matt Taven or, or, or my thoughts on that match. Um, and the reason it hurts is because Matt Taven, uh, he is so driven and hungry, and it makes him excel very well in the wrestling business. It's a burning desire to show the world um, that he can hang with anybody. And it is true. Uh, that is the sad part. It is true. Some people don't see past certain things. It's definitely true. I get to see Matt Taven before those cameras start rolling. Um, and I've got to tell you, the work ethic from this guy, it's amazing. So I, I definitely do believe, although we don't see eye to eye, all the time, Taven is definitely um, not only a thing, he's a viable threat as an understatement. Taven has what it takes. And i tell you one thing that I don't mind saying, although I would fear um, for what he would do as the Ring of Honor world champion, I don't fear for the company at all. Um, because if Taven were to become the Ring of Honor world champion, I know that he would he prides himself on being the number one guy of a company known around the world for its wrestling. He would be he would go above and beyond in every match, like no matter if there's 10 people there or 10,000, uh, you're going to get um, your money's worth if Matt Tillman is in the ring. So um, it is a little sad that some people are sleeping on him, but uh, it goes off saying because he's not the nicest person in the world. But um, <laughs> if given the chance, I, Taven would be one hell of a Ring of Honor World Champion. And he is given the chance, and we'll see uh, see if that's possible on uh, pay-per-view. In Very cool. Game. As a guy who grew up in New Jersey, just a few miles from you, where you grew up, um, I know Madison Square Garden is a huge show, but I'm glad to hear you're not living past oh. Las Vegas, man. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, me too. I mean, Vegas, Las Vegas has the potential to change and shake up a lot of things that are already planned. So. There'd be so many things that have to be changed. Uh, well, actually, there are so many things that are going to have to be changed because even if I do retain, there's still a few things that uh, need to be fixed up. But there's so much on the line in Vegas, I don't think people understand, but that's because everyone's excited about uh, Madison Square Garden, wrestling in Madison Square Garden. It's, everyone's excited about wrestling in Madison Square Garden. It's, it's going to be wild. Cool, thank you, and I appreciate you guys letting me get my question in, even though I was absenteeism uh, a few moments ago. <laughs> no, no worries, no worries. <laughs> we believe you. That button just wasn't working. Did we lose Mark Kruskal? All right, next is Sean from Fightful. Oh, no, you will never lose me. Go ahead. Hey, Jay, uh, thanks for taking the time. I, I asked Matt about that real-world championship belt, which was destroyed. What were your thoughts on the belt, how it looked, compared to the actual world championship? Did you have any feelings about that from from perspective? Uh, from a visual perspective, uh, I don't know if you got to see it up close. Oh, okay. It, it just it looked just like my belt. It just was purple and had more stones on it. Um, uh, from Matt Damon's perspective, though, it was his and he owned it, so that's what made it good. But uh, just from a visual perspective, um, I mean, I I don't 
think it was ugly. What it represented was, but uh, it was just, it would look the same as my belt, just it was a purple strap and it had more stones on it. That's all. And his name was on it. That was, that's probably his favorite part. And it's significantly more damaged now. <laughs> now it is, yes. Um, I, I'd be lying if I said that wasn't one of the most fun things I've ever done, getting to destroy uh, the belt. I got to use the bat. I mean, yeah, it was pretty cool. I don't think I've ever hit anything with an axe or a bat before. I played Little League a long time ago, but unfortunately, um, I'm an awful baseball player, so I never hit the ball. I'm, I got to the bases once because I got walked. Uh, so I've never been good at baseball, so I've never hit anything with a baseball bat. Um, so that's a part of your Randy Savage impersonation that isn't accurate. <laughs> right, which is why you've never seen me talk about that part, right? <laughs> Oh man! Uh, I've never tried anything, so I've never used that. But yeah, thank you, thank you. All right, thanks, Sean. Uh, next is Stu Barrick from one hundred four point nine FM, The Horn, Austin. Go ahead, Stu. Thank you, Mark. How you doing, Champ? Good to talk to you again. Good to talk to you. I'm doing good. I'm in Tampa, Florida. You're in Tampa, where, Florida. Where are you? Yeah, I'm where in- are you? I'm in Austin, Texas, so we're both doing pretty good. Oh, okay. Oh, we got the same. We got the same kind of weather. Yeah. yeah. You were just you were just back in February. Uh, let me yeah. ask. Let me ask this. I want to go kind of a different route. You know, talking about heading to the guard and everything. I want to talk about uh, a relationship you have with someone that I'm lucky enough to call a friend, Kerry Silken. Uh, he he and you have a very strong bond. Just talk about your relationship with him and what he has meant to you and your career. Oh man, I don't. Do we have the time? Um, Carrie Silken, and you know, years ago when I met him, um, just a different time. We didn't really talk as much, and it, it makes me sad because seeing how close we are today uh, means that I missed out on a few years of one of the best friendships I've ever had in my life. Um, he, he's he's been like a. I hope he doesn't feel old when I say this, but he's been almost like a second dad to me. I've had my dad now is the greatest dad in the world, but I feel like I have two dads. Uh, that's the type of relationship. He's been there anytime I've ever needed advice or help with anything. He's always, always there. Um, and we share the same love for music. He's actually turned me on. To, and we, he took me to my first, I went to my first concert ever uh, with Carrie Silken. And I talked to him constantly on the phone. And it, it's, it's, it's one of the greatest friendships I have. Um, but if I had to describe what the friendship is like, it's, it's like me having a second dad. Um, and I love it because I love my first dad. So, of course, I would love my second could agree more. He's a good friend, and uh, thanks for the words. Thank you. All right, thanks. All right. Thanks to Jay Lethal for the ROH uh, media call. That was uh, part two last week was uh, Matt Taven, part one. And for those who did watch the ROH 17th anniversary, if you didn't, go catch it on demand. Go to Honor Club. 
but catch him with a man. I did watch the entire show um, uh, through Honor Club, and um, <clears throat> it was a good show. Of course, uh, Brody King and PCO in the tag team championships. I guess uh, spoiled it for you, but uh, <laughs> but you know it's it's all over. It, it, it's everywhere now as far as coverage is concerned. Go check out that Jay Lethal and Matt Taven match. Certainly a match of the year candidate. Uh, I'm not going to spoil that one for you, um, but I'm sure that uh, I'm sure everybody's uh, covering it. You know, it came on last weekend, so uh, there's been coverage galore on it because it was a very awesome show. So check it out. <laughs> Cody says total spoiler. It's not a spoiler though, because a spoiler is uh, you know I'll spoil it for you if it happens beforehand. <clears throat> but uh, it's happened afterwards. It's, it's you know the show was like four days old, three days old, so you know three or four days old. So you know, um, I'm sure it's been it's, covered, it's been covered everywhere because you know the fact that PCO actually won a championship um, that's big. His his comeback tour has been pretty awesome. Uh, you know he, he really. Um, made a name for himself as far as coming back uh, in, in MLW. So, for, uh, for PCO. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's jump right into the show. Um, in fact, we go left after the show. This is Plan A, and I'll tell you, I think, I think the anniversary show in a couple of weeks, I think the, it may be Plan B, because <clears throat> This uh, Blog Talk Radio, man, they they dropped my call. They dropped uh, David Hero's call like two, like twice each. And so, uh, yeah, <clears throat> I've been I've had a partnership with them for almost seven years now. And uh, yeah, <clears throat> but but yeah, I do want to show you all something. I do want to show you all something really really cool. Um, I'm gonna pull it up on the screen here. Um, something that's just happened within the past week. See, the Pancakes of Power Slam show, again, we're doing some big things, as you all know. It is uh, continuing to be a very, very, very successful show, almost seven years. Uh, We'll be celebrating seven years in in two weeks, Uh, 364 episodes. And, of course, um, You know, 150 guests, about 150 guests. We have like over 200 interviews, I believe. Something crazy like that. And uh, continuing to bring in some awesome guests for you all every week. Uh, some 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 interview wrestling interviews every week. Uh, we're gonna have my boy Sean Stasiak back on. We got the two year anniversary with some awesome surprises uh, set up set for the two year anniversary show. Same as Mania Weekend, so it's going to be lots and lots of fun. Uh, so it's going to be really, really awesome. Um, interesting, Cody. Yes, I do. Um, never really paid attention to my background. You know, it's so funny. Oh, this whole time, you coming to tell me this whole time? Um, yeah. See all the posters? All the WrestleMania posters. All of them. WrestleMania 1 right there, 2, 3, 
so on the first row, the uh, and then next to me, right there, WrestleMania seven, WrestleMania five, WrestleMania four, uh, WrestleMania eleven. Uh, y'all can see WrestleMania X seven, um, twenty. I think it's twenty two to the right, to the left of me, or twenty three. Yep, and scoot over. All the other WrestleMania posters. Yep. Uh, posters uh, is my background. So glad you noticed. Glad you finally noticed, Cody. <laughs> glad you finally noticed. Uh, but yeah, go 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 to Iron Club. Go check uh, the anniversary show, the 17th anniversary show on uh, ROH Honor Club. Um, but not, not only the anniversary, so check out ROH. Check out, I mean, you know, I've always been a fan of uh, ROH. Um, they've always <clears throat> been a, such an amazing, um, amazing show, amazing promotion. So many people came from Pancakes, uh, from from the, uh, uh, so many people was on the Pancakes and Power Slam show from Ring of Honor. And, um, <clears throat> yeah. Continue to uh, hottest shows in all of in all of professional wrestling. All right, so I got something to show y'all. Y'all ready for it? And um, so, as of last week, the Pancakes and Power Slam show is now on Spotify. Look at here. So this is huge, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Pancakes and Power Slams is now on Spotify. You can check it out. Follow, excuse me, follow it on Spotify. It's, uh, all the uh, all the shows there, as you can see. We did call Mac Taven, Sean Stasiak, Black Bart, Bobby Fulton, Chris Masters, Ken Anderson, Adam Rose, who just announced his retirement. Actually, I had him on the show <clears throat> the end of January, and. Um, to, you know, like six weeks ago. <laughs> Excuse me, I don't have the hiccups. Six, seven weeks ago. And um, just just that quickly, he announced his retirement. So, best wishes to Adam Rose. Um, yeah, interestingly enough, it kind of came from, came from nowhere. Just like the fact that I have the hiccups right now. I think this is the first time in 364 episodes that I've had the hiccups live. <laughs> wow. Um, but, yeah, Ugh, I have the hiccups. So check it out on Spotify, ladies and gentlemen. Check out the Pancakes of Power Slam show on Spotify. That's huge. I mean, that's a, that's a big deal, man. I mean, as, as an independent um, podcast, um, <clears throat> who bust my butt to, um, to to have quality shows and and uh, and have quality uh, episodes every single every single week. Um, it's a big deal. So, okay. So, uh, thank you all for your support, continued support, um, on the show here. And I literally have hiccups. That's uh, that's crazy. Great segue for uh, what's in the cup. Hashtag what's in the cup. 
So thank you all for your support as I have the hiccups. Um, yeah. So check it out on Spotify. Check it out. Check it out on Spotify. Thank you all again for your support. And go check out, uh, go follow the show on Patreon. I hear you remember. There you go. There's the site right there. Pink pops up. Uh, hashtag what's in the cup. Okay, this week, um, what's in the cup? What's in the cup is uh, is orange juice. Uh, back to uh, back to some good quality OJ. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, uh, apple, nope. Orange juice is in the cup. Orange juice. Yep, you were close, Mo. You sure was. <clears throat> All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's uh, let's chomp this down. We got some fun. Uh, yeah, I do. I love OJ too. Big fan of OJ. Um, yeah, so uh, please uh, go check out uh, Spotify. Go check it out, Spotify. That's that's huge, and it's it's crazy because uh, your support and everybody who's listening to audio. Uh, why do I says no? I don't drink, so I'm not going to throw gin in the cup. I don't I don't drink, so I don't drink alcohol. Um. So, uh, yeah, uh, go check out Spotify and, uh, again, appreciate your support. And because of the Spotify, uh, because the show is uh, Spotify, because Spotify picked up the show, um, we've, already, we've already had awesome um, – uh, we we've already had some awesome numbers. I'm, I'm, I'm reading the chat room. I'm reading the chats as I'm talking right now. <laughs> That's the reason why I'm, I'm kind of stopping myself, but – um, <laughs> but, uh, uh, we already had, we've already had great numbers, uh, but at the same time, because of the, uh, because of Spotify picking us up, numbers has even spiked more. So thank you all for your wonderful, wonderful support. All right, ladies and gentlemen, without, ladies, without further ado, it, you know what time it is, ladies and gentlemen, you know what time it is. Time for the headlines. Here we go. Okay, so let's talk about the under the Undertaker. Um, so there's some there's some uh, rumors that he could appear at WrestleMania 35. Um, I've all, I've already said that uh, we we were supposed to be talking about this last week, but uh, we got we ran out of time. We gotta go out of time. Oh, Tony Schiavone there. Um, but here's the thing. I've said this many times. WrestleMania 28 should have been the last show for The Undertaker. And I still stand by that. Still, as the years progress, this is seven years later, I still think WrestleMania 28 should have been the last WrestleMania for The Undertaker. Fantastic send-off. I didn't like the haircut at all. Didn't like the Uncle Fester look. Um, But I think that would have been a perfect send-off for The Undertaker. The Hell in the Cell, beating Triple H, Shawn Michaels, um, uh, Shawn Michaels as a guest referee, that was such a wonderful, wonderful send-off. Uh, <laughs> Uncle Fester, LOL, is what I'm going to say. Yeah, it looked like Uncle Fester, man. I, I didn't like it at all. Um, so, yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't a fan of it at all. And, but the, the match, the, the, the story, the... Um, uh, just the poignancy, it, it, it was the, the, the just the the emotion. It was such an amazing, amazing match. Almost 
uh, almost got the streak broken. You know, at that time, the streak was still intact, and I still am very adamant of, of out of you know, I'm okay that Roman Reigns beat The Undertaker, but uh, if it was still up to me, I still would have, I wouldn't have had the streak broken. So, uh, if, if anybody, I'm okay with Roman Reigns because Roman Reigns is the guy for WWE, and I was, I was actually rooting for Roman Reigns as much as I love Taker. He's in my top ten of all time, but uh, I was actually rooting for The Undertaker just because I think it was, I just didn't want to see Undertaker competing anymore at all, um, and I think that Roman Reigns, uh, you know, beating Taker was, was a good call, but, um, <clears throat> but I, I haven't been a fan of Undertaker's uh, WrestleManias after, and I've said this before in the show, no Wrestle, no Taker WrestleMania has after 28 has changed my mind on why 28 should have been the last WrestleMania. And I still stand by that. Um, Punk, Wyatt, Shane, um, Lesnar, uh, uh, even, you know, in, in um, what was 30, yeah, 32 was Shane, 31 was Bray, 30 was uh, Brock, and 29 was Punk. And 30, 30, you know, 34 was Cena. And so none of them, other than Reigns, I would say Reigns, but still not enough to end his streak. I mean, to to just come back after 28. So, yeah, um, Taker's matches selling WrestleMania. That why that's why they keep doing it. No, because they really didn't do it last year. They didn't do a good job last year. I mean, he was just a pop up against Cena last year. Now here's the thing. Uh, let's let's go into the other headline was, um, of course, Kurt Angle talking about, uh, you know, Kurt Angle announcing that Baron Corbin's the guy um, for WrestleMania, and that was very negatively uh, reviewed, uh, very negatively um, accepted, <laughs> received by the WWE Universe, and even Jim Ross saying it was underwhelming. As I can understand, I would like Angle to have that last hurrah, you know, and win. But, uh, you know, we got it's funny because most people don't like Cena. There was, we want Cena chance. But here's the thing. I was thinking about this earlier, and I'm, and I'm seeing a little bit of it on the chat here. I'm wondering if... Um, uh, the lights go off, and it's actually Taker that comes out for um, for Angle. So, but but even with that though, I mean that would get a that would get a uh, a quick pop. You know, that would get a quick pop. But it's like they're both, you know, they're both 50 and over. You know, it's like, mm, I don't know how I feel about that. I'm not too sold about that. Like I said, it would get a it would get a quick pop. But Kurt has been struggling in the ring. I mean, you know, he's been struggling in the ring. So he needs someone who, he needs someone who would be able to really help him 
with the match. Even last year, uh, he struggled a bit in the tag match. I think the tag match was the best match at Mania because I was there at Mania. That was the most exciting match, and I think that was the best match at Mania. Last year's Mania was, was quite weak overall. And I was a big, you know, I'm a big Roman Reigns guy. I wanted him to win, and with Bray winning, people were just crapping on that match. It was just a, it was a rough. And then the squash with the Usos and New Day against the Bludgeon Brothers, Nicholas being Braun's partner. Last year's Mania was quite weak. Uh, one of the only good things was, uh, you know, the, the Daniel Bryan coming back to Mania. And, um, Team with Shane against Co- uh, KO and Zayn. That was that was a good match. But just as far as excitement, the the Rousey match was the best one to me. But not because of Angle, because Angle still looked slow. Um, and we've seen we've been seeing like the match with Gable was cool. Match with um, Apollo was cool. But uh, I just it's it's been tough for Angle. Um, so I don't, I don't, neither of them would be able to carry the match. Now, if this happened 15 years ago, I'd be all for it. But Undertaker versus Angle now, eh, I'm not buying it so much. Now, if they do something like Corbin beating Angle, you know, or, and then Taker coming out and, uh, you know, Corbin challenge doing an open challenge or something like that. Um and then Taker coming out and challenging Corbin. I'll be okay with that a little bit more. But yeah. Cody says Demon Finn versus Angle would be cool. They're gonna do that. They're gonna do Finn versus Lashley. They're gonna do Demon Finn versus Lashley, I think. That's I think that's quite obvious that they're they're gonna do Demon Finn versus Lashley. A couple of trivia questions. <clears throat> Uh, this person was the special guest referee of Hart versus Austin at WrestleMania 13. This person was the special guest referee of Hart versus Austin at WrestleMania 13. Next uh, headline is uh, Renee Hene Young. Good job, Brandon. Good job, Brandon. Ken Shamrock. Ken Shamrock. Next question. This tag, the tagline for this WrestleMania was the Mega Powers Expose, Explode. Or as Vince will say, the Mega Powers Explode. Um, nope. <laughs> nope. There it is. There it is. Brandon, two, two for two. WrestleMania 5. Man, check out those interviews. Check out Randy Savage's WrestleMania Five interview. I wish I could play it, but I get pinged by WWE. I won't be able to. I won't be able to play it, but I'll probably share it on my Twitter. Um, man, listen, uh, Randy Savage's WrestleMania Five promo uh, talking about uh, saying uh, Hulk Hogan is hot. Dog in the grandstanding here, and uh, talk about how he was. Uh, he had those eyes for Elizabeth here, and uh, man, check it out. Like Hogan's 
uh, Hogan's was good too. Hogan's Hogan's uh, uh, promo toward toward Savage was good too. But Savage's WrestleMania five promo was one of my favorite promos of all time. Of course, Hard Times is number one. Randy Savage WrestleMania five toward Hogan. That was one of my favorite promos of all time. I see you hot Hogan and grandstanding here. It was absolutely amazing, and uh, go check it out. I'm a, I'm gonna check it out most likely on the show, just to kind of get myself in that WrestleMania mentality. Uh, yeah, yeah, wide. Uh, uh, cream cream of the crop was really good too. That was that was one of the best Savage promos. But there was something about that WrestleMania five. It's like, hey, WrestleMania five. Like he was like <laughs> he was like Bainey and. He was he really like got himself in character so much. It was absolutely amazing. And it was like it was one of those times it was like, you know what? How in the world can I I how can I miss this match? Because the build up was so amazing. How can I miss the match? And it was really it was really awesome. I, I really, really liked that promo. All right, uh next uh, trivia question. was the Undertaker's only disqualification win against at WrestleMania? Who was the Undertaker's only disqualification win against at WrestleMania? Um, yep. Good job. Cody and Brandon. John Gonzalez. John Gonzalez. Yeah, with the chloroform. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I remember that. I remember that. All right, uh, so yeah, Renee Young told the talk less during Collins commentary. She talked about that in one of her recent podcasts that uh, you know she was talking about she could she can have diarrhea of the mouth and uh, she was told to you know uh, listen more and, and, and talk less and I you know kudos to kudos to Renee Young first of all to be to be honest. Um, to say something like that, because that's a big deal. I mean, that, that takes a lot of humility to say that. Uh, so I, I give her credit for that. Um, I agree, though. <laughs> I agree. I, I just, fortunately, I've said this before. I just, I just, I'm just not. This may be an unpopular opinion alert. It may be, but I'm just not a fan of Renee Young in the commentary booth. I just, I'm not a fan. Um, I don't even know who I would have. Okay, so. As far as my raw, I would have, and here's the thing: two things need to happen in commentary. Um, Renee needs to go. Um, true. I mean, you know, I I, I don't like Renee Young on commentary. I'm so used to. See, here's the thing: I'm I'm not. Yeah, I, I agree, Kimbo. She's way better in interviews. And as far as interviewing, she's fantastic. She's a fantastic interviewer. Yeah, bring bring talking smack back for her. I agree, Tammy. I agree with that. She's fantastic as an interviewer. But I'm listen. I I'm not going to lower my standard as a as a fan. You know, uh, the, the the McMahon, uh, you know, McMahon Jesse uh, tandem, the uh, uh, Monsoon Heenan tandem. Uh, you know, even. Uh, even Shivani Heenan, you know, like just, I'm not going to lower my standards. I mean, even, 
fitness with his wrestling eyes. So yeah, Dave Brown and the the legend, one of the one of the legends. Uh, oh, bug me. Uh, oh goodness, it's right it's right on the top of my tongue. It's uh, Dave Brown and uh, I'm looking at it right now glasses. Oh, let's say um, it's Russell. Goodness. I was like, it starts with L L L. Yeah, Lance Russell and Dave Brown at Memphis, at Memphis Wrestling. Um, that was another really cool uh, duo. And there's been, and of course, of course, Jr. and King, of course. Um, Cody's uh, asking, uh, do you think it's all Renee though? So are they scripted and just can't do their jobs properly? Well, I would say, I would say this. I, I would say this. Corey Graves has done a decent job. You know, he 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 knows how to do those one-liners. So, um, so I wouldn't say it's all. I wouldn't. I wouldn't really say the script has caused them to do their jobs improperly as far as the announcing. Now, now, Foley has said before that he didn't like the fact that he would get. Uh, I agree, Kimbo. Corey start he's talking way too much and my mother said Corey Gray's annoying. I think as a heel that's the point though. You know, he's supposed to be a heel announcer. Um so that's the point. I think I think two things needs to happen in the announcement. I think Renee has to go and Corey Gray's being on Raw and SmackDown is is not good. I I don't like that at all. I think they should take him only put him on one, Raw or SmackDown. And uh I think the best trio right now is NXT. As far as WWE is concerned, the best trio right now is NXT. I'm a big fan of Marwanalo, Nigel McGuinness, and Percy Watson. I think he's. I think that as far as just the most improved announcer, people be sleeping on Percy Watson. Man, I think Percy Watson is a. He's starting to become a very, very good announcer, uh, color commentator. It's very underrated. Big fan of him. I think that trio. All, all around that trio is fantastic. NXT trio is the best. Uh, I think the best team, I think the best commentating team in all of pro wrestling right now is Kevin Kelly and uh, Don Callis. I mean, those are my two favorite. I mean, those are my that's my favorite team. Um, I would say a very close second is Morrow, uh, Nigel, and Percy for sure. Um, but yeah. Uh, I, you know, I like Kimbo. I liked, I liked Booker T on commentary because he was a personality. Like every, every, a lot, a lot of the announcing sounds so cookie cutter now. You know, and, and with with Gorilla Monsoon and and Heenan and, and Jesse and Vince McMahon and, and Jr. and King, they all had personalities. They all brought personalities to WWE. Now Jesse Ventura is a Hall of Famer. As a wrestler, yes, but, you know, he, he really, you know, people know, people growing up in the 80s and the 90s, they know Jesse more as an announcer. Yeah, he was definitely a wrestler. You know, he definitely was a very, very popular wrestler in WWE. But, I mean, they know Gorilla Monsoon. You know, he's a, he's a Hall of Famer. They know him as an announcer, although he was a wrestler. But they know him as an announcer. Bobby Heenan, you know, he was a good manager, but he was also a very good announcer. Hall of Famer. JR is a Hall of Famer. Announcer. King's Hall of Famer. Legendary Memphis wrestler. 
USWA, AWA. But as far as WWE Hall of Fame, WWE fans know him as a commentator more than anything. So, you know, people make the Hall of Fame because of their commentating. I can't see, I mean, they'll probably put Michael in just because of his tenure, but I can't see anyone in the past five, seven years, ten years probably, uh, going to the WWE Hall of Fame as a commentator, as a, as, a, as a broadcast journalist or as a color commentator. I can't see it. In the 80s and the 90s, I just, I just named you a handful of them. Of people who can't went in because of their commentating skills. Nowadays, I can't see anyone going to the Hall of Fame because of their commentating. And that's un- and that's unfortunate because commentating brings such an amazing part. Don Callis in this one of his uh, one of his podcasts. It brings such a big part to um, to uh, the the overall wrestling experience and it really put people over. Yeah, I agree. I, Mahmoud is asking uh, again. Ask Chris so they can. Uh, so they can stand out. Who's asking Tony Schiavone um, for the WWE Hall of Fame? Uh, yes, absolutely. I think he should be in the WWE Hall of Fame. Absolutely. All right. So, um, Raw and SmackDown overall. Um, Raw was decent. Uh, actually, Raw was a, a bit underwhelming overall. I like the Paulo Cruz winning. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. Speaking of Warrior Award. They actually gave it to someone who they actually it seems like that so Dana War is in the, the, the you know backstage team now. It seems like she probably is you know, she probably lobbied for them to actually give it to some someone who the Warrior Award was originally intended to, the people who have been such a, a big part of the WWE development who has been um, you know who needs to be recognized, and and they're doing that this year finally. So the Warrior Award is actually what it's supposed to be finally. So I'm a big fan of that. I'm all a fan of you know celebrating heroic things, and you know JJ last year was there it was cool. I, I you know that's awesome, but that's not what the Warrior Award was originally intended for. So I'm glad that they're finally doing that, and I think that Jim Johnson, I think Jim Johnson. Hello, Jim Johnston should be a Warrior Award for last uh, for next year, hundred percent. He should be he should be Warrior Award recipient for next year. Although he's not with the WWE anymore, bring back Jim Johnston, give the man a Warrior Award because he deserves it, hundred uh, percent. Mamu is asking, what's your thoughts of Kofi losing to Daniel Bryan? Doesn't help stretch the story. In two weeks to build a match, many. So that goes back to my. Uh, so that goes to my. Um, um, SmackDown uh, thoughts. Um, good, uh, good promo by the Miz. Um, you know, Miz is a good promo guy. Definitely a good promo guy. Um, I, I'm just losing steam. I'm just losing interest on Becky and Charlotte. Unfortunately, I just they're not they're not uh, making they're not keeping me interested. Um, and then the the gauntlet was cool. I just, I mean, you're you're. Two weeks before Mania, dude. I mean, come on. That's to me, that's silly. Honestly, it's silly. Um, I don't know. It's silly. They'll probably put him in the Andre Battle Royal, something like that. I can see them. I can see them putting Kofi in the Andre Battle Royal. 
and the winner of the Bar World faces Daniel Bryan or something like that, and something silly. I think I think it's just overkill. I mean, give us make us hyped about the match. Just the whole, you know, keep stretching it and stretching it. We know Kofi's going to face Daniel Bryan. Like, quit stretching it. Um, all right, before we uh, before we end here, uh, let's get to the flavor of the week. Um, here we go. It is now time for the flavor of the week. Yeah. Uh, Huddles, <laughs> they're, they're making it not believable. Yeah, I agree, man. Just why? I mean, why keep stretching it? All right, so we're 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 uh, we're continuing with the uh, the pro wrestling controversial questions. I still got some in the basket, so we'll probably ride this out until until mania. All right, so the next one, we only got time for like maybe one or two questions. So here we go. Here's the controversial question. The Undertaker's WrestleMania winning streak should have never been broken. The Undertaker's WrestleMania winning streak should have never been broken. Quick thoughts on that. Controversial question. I've shared my thoughts on it. I think it should have never been broken. Um, Definitely. Cody says nope, but it was his choice. Eh. I don't, I don't think it was, uh, I don't, uh, you know, even if it was his choice, Brock wasn't the guy. Uh, I think Evan's going to join us for the next, last couple of minutes. Tech Proud, how are you doing, sir? Not a nail, guys. I'm glad to be here. Sorry, my internet was out, and so was my power, so leave here for the next minute. Oh, man. Um, Brandon, I agree. Uh, Mo agrees. Tam agrees. Kim agrees. Y agrees. Wood agrees. Um, I don't think it should have been a ma- uh, last match for Brock wasn't the person. All right, one more question. The, uh, real quick, Evan, do you think Taker Street should have been broken? That's the question that's on uh, deck right now. Uh, no. She still should have been undefeated. Still should be undefeated today. Yeah, I agree. All right, last question. Uh, I've got a couple more minutes. Last question. Here it is. Well, I'm picking it out of the out of the basket. There's more questions in the basket, but here's the last one for tonight. Here we go. Here it is. I've been read it twice. Uh, it's the <laughs> biggest rubber to be the cry. Uh, Ratings-wise, John Cena is the biggest wrestler who contributed to WWE's decline. That's one thing, guys. Uh, the oh. results of this real quick. We might even oh, talk man. more about this. Uh, wow. That's a controversial question. Ratings-wise, John Cena wrestler who contributed to WWE's decline. Um, I mean, I have to agree. I, I have to agree. I, I, I agree. I agree, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Mo doesn't he, believe that. 
I, I, he, I do. He had, he had the longest run. 15 years, he was on top. Hogan was only on top for six. Look at anybody else's run. Everybody was six or less. 15 years, people got tired. Yeah. Yep. Mo doesn't believe it. Mo says no. Why says, uh, been some something that I felt. I'm going to say yes. Huddle says no. Cody says maybe. <clears throat> I, I say yes. Because if you think about the last dozen years, has been the decline of WWE. You look at ratings wise, Attitude Era was amazing. After about 2000, 2001, um, that's when it started to decline away from the average about a six until then. Still, still average about fives and fours. And then, uh, you know, during the Cena era, you know. Like like Cody said, um, he agreed he agreed to all the super Cena moments. So <clears throat> I think that that's really made it really tough. So we'll yeah. talk about more. We'll talk more about that. Bring that up. Actors' question. We'll talk about. We'll talk more about that next on next week's show. If someone brings it up. So bring it up next week, and we'll talk more about it. I think it, I think we should dissect that a little bit more. But all right, ladies and gentlemen, until next week, uh, thanks Evan Tech Proud for uh, getting his power together to join us all over the show. Of course, thanks for today with Hero. Uh, a call with people. And uh, we're going to continue to have some fun. It's been 364 episodes. Until next week, ladies and gentlemen, enjoy your week of wrestling. God bless. And always remember, I'll do it for you. Once again, I'll do it for you. Have a good night, ladies and gentlemen. God bless. Thank you.